World leaders will meet in Germany later today for Europe's most important gathering on the issue of global security. The three-day Munich Security Conference comes just a week before the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The West's support for Kyiv will top the meeting's agenda, but it will be a hard sell for some countries which are still refusing to take sides. Benedict Frank is Vice Chair and Chief Executive Officer of the Munich Security Conference, and he joins me now. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Patricia. The war in Ukraine will be the number one agenda item at the conference, amid reports Russia's planning a fresh new offensive. Do Western countries have the stamina to keep supporting Ukraine? So we very much hope so. And as you've just rightly said, there are some doubts on a couple of countries, but we've had uh, the NATO ministerial earlier today in Brussels. And we're pretty confident that one of the signals coming out from Munich will be one of renewed unity and some um, pretty big promises on the delivery of uh, weapons. That's interesting. What more can you tell me about what sort of promises you expect? I think that... uh, Something that people do expect from the Munich Security Conference is some update on where we are with the tanks. Uh, you know that we've had this rather long debate on whether to send Leopard tanks or not. And uh, people will also, I'm pretty sure, expect an update on the fighter jet issue. Will European countries send fighter jets, yes or no? Um, I think they will get some answer to this question later this week. There was scepticism at last year's Munich meeting about intelligence suggesting that Russia was about to invade Ukraine, which occurred just days after the conference. How did world leaders get it so wrong? It's an interesting question and one that we keep getting asked uh, all the time and that we still haven't found a good answer to. Yes, I mean, I was here exactly one year ago and there was still a lot of hesitation. There was a lot of disbelief that Putin would really go that far. I think a lot of our leaders have now woken up to the harsh new realities and to the fact that we shouldn't be dreaming our ammunition. We should really take them as they are and and accept the fight where the liberals take it. And I think that's another thing that we'll expect to come out from Munich, a much more comprehensive notion of security, an increased readiness to security-proof policies and economies and societies to be better able to withstand this, what we call, revisionist attack. There are some countries outside the West, including India, South Africa and China, which have been sitting, well, kind of on the fence, hesitant to condemn Russia. Is there any indication that there might be a stronger resolve against Moscow's actions? So all of these countries will be represented at the conference and we're thrilled that they've chosen to come here and debate their views. I think one thing that we all agree on is that our version, uh, our narrative, doesn't work for some of them. They don't see the uh, the West's narrative uh, as compelling, and they don't see the same kind of benefits in international assistance to Ukraine that we see. And one thing that we're trying to achieve in the next couple of days is to to discuss their legitimate and perceived concerns and see where we can get closer to a joint vision of where this conflict is going to go. How does that imbalance, though, between those who support Ukraine and those who are less enthusiastic to take sides affect a rules-based international order? You know, in other words, how will how will the conference deal with political leaders who don't respect that that world order, that rule of law? So, 
the conference will invite them up to the stage and will want to hear their views and will provide the other side with as much time to make their case. We strongly believe that the international rules-based order has all the good arguments going for it. Uh, I think we need to give the Global South some opportunity to share its legitimate concerns about double standarding. You know, why do we treat a war in Ukraine so very differently from a war in northern Ethiopia? Why do we take care of problems that concern us directly quite differently from problems that seem far away? And so given all these countries, be they Colombia, Ecuador, uh, Namibia, Tunisia, and other countries that have never been to the Munich Security Conference before, ample time to share their version and their concerns, I think will make this conference not only much more diverse, but also much more consequential in the long run. What's the benefit of that? You say that they share their views. Okay, there's the sharing and the ventilation. How do you then come to a consensus? You know, I, I you probably remember the, the UN General Assembly vote uh, a couple of days after the um, the Russian attack, and 38 countries abstained. And these 38 countries um, have very different reasons for abstaining on a very simple question. Is it okay to invade your neighbor? And I think there hasn't been uh, a substantive effort to map their concerns and to map the reasons why they voted the way they voted. And so I think putting them up on stage and having them backstage in the many thousands of bilateral and multilateral meetings that we're going to host will add some intelligence and some insights on their concerns and will make it easier for us to broaden, deepen our alliances down the road. The findings of a major global poll on people's attitudes to the war will also be released during the conference. What will those findings show? So once again, we had the so-called Munich Security Index taken across the world, and some of the results are, are pretty breathtaking. So we did ask Ukrainians whether they were prepared to continue to fight even if a tactical nuclear weapon were used in their country. And the response were overwhelming. The fighting spirit of the Ukrainians is always, you know, admired and, and talked about. But there aren't a lot of institutions that have actually measured it and have, you know, empirical proof of this fighting spirit. The, the Ukrainian society is very cohesive, very united on its views against Russia, very united in its will to continue fighting. And hence, those calling for, you know, diplomatic solutions to this war, I think, underestimate the unwillingness both of the Russian side, but also of the Ukrainian side, to give up at this particular moment. And we think that's something that we should all have in the back of our mind when we talk about the next couple of months. That's really interesting. So did that, you you know, there was a certain expectation that they would respond this way. Was it even stronger than you assumed? A lot stronger. So we're, we're talking about close to 95%. And that seems seems very strong. And yes, of course, I mean, what are people supposed to say in a poll when you asked, uh, how are you going to respond to a nuclear weapon? They will all continue to fight uh, is what we expected, but not to the extent that we've seen. We've also asked a few control questions and they seem to, to lend additional credibility to this. Um, we've also reached out across the world to other countries. You know, how, how far are they willing to go to support Ukraine? And what we've seen, particularly in Europe, is a much greater willingness within the population to support Ukraine that you would expect from the media coverage right now. Just finally, the current tensions between the US and China will obviously be a big issue at the conference uh, after Washington shot down an alleged Chinese spy balloon. 
China's top diplomat, Wang Yi, will be at Munich, as well as the US Vice President, uh, Kamala Harris. Will there be talks on the sidelines of the meeting between Washington and Beijing? So there will definitely be talks, and, and we're thrilled that once again, people are coming to Munich to use the Munich platform to have such debates. We believe that the uh, Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and Wang Yi, the State Councillor from China, will meet on Saturday and as, as a conference, we'll do everything to facilitate because that's really what we're here for. Really interesting conversation. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Benedict Frank is Vice Chair and Chief Executive Officer of the Munich Security Conference, which opens later today in Germany. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.